Amen. You can be seated. If you have your Bibles or a way to look at God's Word, turn to Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. Today what I want to do is basically um, celebrate a little bit of the past and also look forward to the future in which we believe God is calling us. Back in 1999, at our 50th anniversary as a church, uh, we set out on the vision uh, that we believe God gave us. And uh, we've continued. This is the 23rd year of that vision. And we've seen some miraculous things. We've seen miraculous. We've seen a lot of hard work. We've seen basically us trying to get our, our minds around things that we believe God is leading us to do. Uh, and then you come to where we are today. But uh, we're still not done. There's still more to do. Uh, there's definitely times to celebrate, but there's also time to look forward to what God may have for us in the future. And so today is what I would say is Vision Sunday. Where are we going next? If you look at the introduction, this is actually from our culture values. It says, because we are a collection of many people from various places, backgrounds, and stories, we believe culture making is essential for unifying our church family around a shared vision as we carry the message of Jesus. Jesus to the world. We exist too, and you know these three phrases, love God, connect with others, and reach the world by creating a culture where Jesus is our lead story. Jesus is our lead story is, is our number one culture value. If you're to say, what is Pleasant City Church all about? It is all about Jesus. He is our lead story. Everything we do centers around him and his provision for us. And so when we begin to look at that, here's what we believe about that. We believe Jesus is unrivaled in history and eternity. He is glorious both now and forever. And his name is the only name that saves. We wholeheartedly believe that. Our goal is not just to come to church for a production or service. Our desire is for people to encounter Jesus. We don't want to be identified by any other thing than Jesus. Therefore, no matter what is going on locally, globally, economically, or politically, no matter what our theme is or what current events are in our church's life, Jesus is our lead story. And we want people remembering this during the week as they leave from our gatherings. Our goal is to make Jesus glorified, to bring glory to Jesus. He's already glorified, but to bring glory to Jesus. And that's what we want. That's our desire. So everything that we do, everything that we say is our attempt to point people to Jesus. Now, why is that important? Well, Colossians chapter 1 tells us why it's important. So look there on your outline. Jesus has dominion over the church. He is the head of the church. He's the head of the church. Look at Colossians chapter 1, verse 18. It says, and he, here it is, is the head of the body, which is the church. And so if you were to say, okay, who makes up the body? We make up the body. The gifts that we have, the operational gifts that he's given us as we go out to make him known, to build his kingdom, he's brought us together as a body, and he is the head of the church, both globally and locally. He's the head of the church. Secondly, he's the creator of the church. He, he, he's everything the church does and has ever and will ever do is based on the foundation of the fact that he's the creator. 
the second part of verse 18. It says, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. Now, when it says firstborn from the dead, we know before Jesus, there were those who came back from the dead. But this is talking about his preeminence. It's talking about his preeminence when it comes to the fact Jesus was raised from the dead in the context we read here to, to be the foundation for the church. And it came by way of his death, burial, and resurrection. Thirdly, he is the author over the authority over the church. Colossians chapter 1, the last part there in verse 18, that in all things he may have the preeminence. He's over the world, he's over the universe, but more specifically, he accomplishes his purposes through the church, and he has authority over the church. Next, he is the message to the church. He is the embodiment of that. And that's the reason we celebrate him. That's the reason he's our lead story. Look at verse 19. For it pleased the Father that in him all the fullness should dwell, and by him to reconcile all things to himself by him, whether things on earth or things in heaven. And here's how he did it. Having made peace through the blood of his cross. This is the message he's given to the church. And you who once were alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet he has reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. So the goal is for this to not only take place within us, who make up the body. It's also that we take that message that he's given us that we came to be saved by to the world. He says in verse 23, if indeed you continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you heard, which was preached to every creature under heaven of which I, Paul, became a minister. Next, he gave a mandate to the church. Colossians chapter 1, verse 24, I now rejoice in my sufferings for you and fill up in my flesh what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ for the sake of his body, which is the church. Paul took it upon himself to look within the church. And as he looked into the church, if there was something that was amiss, if something wasn't right about that, he sought to fulfill or fill in what was lacking. Wouldn't it be cool? And this is happening, by the way. As people join the church, People just say, hey, what does the church need? What do, what do y'all need? Do you, what do you need as it relates to the needs in which you continue to carry the mandate out and the message to the world? What do you need? We've had several who've joined our church over the last six months who basically have come and said, we want to be a part of the solution. We want to supply what is lacking. That's great, by the way. That's what's so necessary when it comes to the local church. And then he says this, uh, verse 25, of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God, which was given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. So basically, God put Paul, he's saying, he put me where he needed me to be. And, and as a result, God is a good steward of what he's doing. When he brings his gifts together, when he builds the body, he's bringing the body together. Verse 26 the mystery which has been hidden from the ages and from generations, but now has revealed to his saints. To his saints. That's the, that's the message. To them God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, those who are outside of faith, which is in Christ, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Verse 28, here it is. Him we preach. He is the one. He is the lead story. 
warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect or mature in Christ Jesus. That is the goal. That's why we're here. That's why we exist, to make his word known, to show people not only did they can come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, whether it's right here locally or across the globe as we send out missionaries, but also that his work and his plan and his purposes work in the lives of all our, in our lives as we gain wisdom from his word. So, how do we make this mandate happen as a local church? Well, first of all, many of you, again, have seen these phrases. How will we as a church family respond to the mandate? This is how we cho choose to do it. This goes all the way back to 2005. We, this is where we set out to, to, to encapsulate what we think we're all about. Love God. How do we do that? We do it by coming together and worship. We do it in our daily devotional lives, and then we come together on Sundays to celebrate what God has done, worshiping Him. Thirdly, connecting with others. I've shared this with you, but one thing we've learned about COVID, COVID actually in some ways did us a favor, because here's what's happening. As people have been visiting our church, here's what we're finding. Before, when people would fill out a card, you know, right there in your handout, we hardly ever saw where someone necessarily wanted to be a part of a connect group. Since COVID, you know what COVID did? COVID created a void in people. And their desire to connect with other people, especially other believers. Almost every card that comes in now, guess what? They want to be a part of a connect group. That's what we've been telling them all along. That's how your faith is instilled, not only instilled, but affirmed in you is with other believers and you doing life together. And then thirdly, this is the top it off. This is what we believe we, we would love all members to be, reaching the world through some type of ministry or some type of mission. And so what does that look like? Well, we have our ministries. And, and by the way, when I say this, and you'll see on this list, we seek to be a multi-generational church. We've never targeted a certain age group and said, this is the age group we're going. We believe a biblical model of the local church, the body of Christ, is multi-generational. We believe the old instruct the new. We believe there is something about those who share their lives with other people in such a way that they can help them understand the word better. And that's what we're all about. So we go preschool, children's ministry, student ministry, college ministry, single adult, married adult, senior adult, worship, greeter hospitality. Man, what a ministry that is. Mother's morning out, co-op homeschool, celebrate recovery. In the future, we're going to bring grief shared. That's on this way. And then we have good Christian counseling. Some that God has raised up right here in our own church. These are the ministries in which we would love to see as many people involved in as possible because this is the ministry aspect of us reaching the world. The ministry aspect of it all. But then we have in the future, here's what we're hoping to, to be a part, to be even more intentional in our discipleship model. There's some things I want to share with you today that I don't, I'm not sure we put this out there in front of you, but this is where we're headed in the near future. And it's basically discipleship tracks. This is the picture of where we hope, we're hoping our future discipleship. It, they're taught by teaching pastors and qualified lay leaders. The times, of course, we would teach these uh, on Sunday mornings in our regular times here, uh, but then also on Wednesdays. 
But here's the new faith track. This is new faith track. This is one track. PCC 101. If, to join our church, you have to take this class. You have to be a part of this class to so learn what we're all about. That's something a part of the faith track. That's the introductory. Basic first steps. This is where you come to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. We're going to talk about those who have joined our church recently and how many have been baptized recently. But once you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you need to understand who, who you are and you understand more fully who you are by your spiritual gifts that you can bring to the church what is lacking. And then a devotional life. What does it mean to have a fruitful devotional life? What does it mean to, to live daily for the Lord and, and your prayer life and understanding more fully who he is on your own? But then there's some personal tracks that we want to have. The whole idea of identity, that's in the news everywhere. How many of you have noticed that? Everybody's looking for their identity in something. Well, if you know Jesus is your Lord and Savior, guess what? Your, your life, Jesus is your lead story. He is your identity. Everything stems from that. And then from there, addictions, how to overcome addictions, forgiveness, midlife. Midlife is a big deal that many uh, people deal with. Discouragement, grief, divorce, all these things. How, we, we want to be very specific going forward. And then leadership tracks. What does it mean to be a deacon in the church? That's where, where, that's where some of our leadership comes from in our church. Connect leader. That's vitally important. Family leader. What does it mean to be a, fam a leader of your family? Mentor leader. Workplace leader. What does that look like? We actually have a young man in our church who goes into businesses and helps them understand how they can bring a biblical-based uh, thing to the, to the workplace. That's pretty cool. Did you disciple people through the workplace? A marriage track. And by the way, all in marriage is doing some of this now. What is before marriage? What premarital counseling? Newly married? Finances in marriage? Renewal in marriage? <laughs> How many of you need a renewal every once in a while? <laughs> yeah, we, okay, well, <laughs> me and my wife do, okay. Um, <laughs> restoration in marriage. These are big deals. Parenting, what does, it, what does it mean to be parent preschoolers? It, it, I tell you what it means, you're in the trenches, basically. <laughs> Children, teens. How do you relate to adult children? How many of you are doing that perfectly as in-laws? You're relating to them, doing it perfectly. I mean, you just, no, you're not. Okay. <laughs> and then doctrinal track. And the idea of those that want to go a little bit deeper. And so there's so many things that we feel that we want to be very intentional in when it comes to this. And then there's missions. We, we believe reaching the world really has two main legs. You've got ministry and you have missions. And uh, Jonathan, who is our pastor overseeing our missions ministry, is going to come now and share a little bit about what some of that strategy looks like. Yeah, so I want to start uh, really just reading a passage of Scripture that uh, we talk about a lot in missions, and it's Romans 10, verses 13 through 15. It's going to be right here on the screen. You can read it with me. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. You think about just a few weeks ago, we had the opportunity to baptize almost 30 people within our church. These are people that have said, I've called on the name of the Lord. I'm now a follower of Jesus. But look at how Paul walks back this passage. Look at how he walks this back. Verse 14, how then will they call on him 
in whom they've not believed. He's saying, hey, you can't really call on the name of the Lord until you first believe in him, right? Believe that he is who he says he is and that he's done what he says he's done or what he's done. But look at, verse, uh, look at the rest of that verse. And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? How's a person going to believe in Christ if they've never heard of Christ? And how are they to hear without someone preaching that to them? And how are they to preach? How are people supposed to do that if no one ever sends them? You see, this is really the heart of missions for us as a church, that our desire at PCC is that we would send people, right? That we would send people out to preach the good news to people so that they can hear that good news, believe that news, and call on the name of the Lord and be saved. It's a process there of what missions looks like right there in Romans chapter 10. And we as a church have uh, nine culture values that we think are important. And our ninth culture value says this, we are kingdom focused. And when we're talking about missions, I can't think of a better way to sum up what we mean than this value. It's right on our website, but I want you to read this with me. We love our church family here at Pleasant City Church, but we are also we also understand that we are just a small part of the universal church Jesus died for and is building in every nation of the earth and across our city. And because his church will prevail. We will join Jesus in planting and building his church among all people. As a church, we take seriously the command of Jesus to be on mission. Therefore, we not only pray and give, but strategically partner with those who the Holy Spirit has sovereignly led us to. We believe in empowering our church family through prayer financial support, and hands-on training as we send them on mission. As a church, we are not just focused on the local mission and vision of God, but we want to join him in his global vision to reach the world. And so we've had the opportunity to be partnered with several different missions organizations and individual missionaries here at Pleasant City Church. And there's a list that's going to be on the screen here of our partners. And I want to talk about these. We have Nepal Missions. And many of you, if you've been around for a little while, you know who we're talking about. We can't give you those names of the, the partners there, mainly for their safety. Because in Nepal, it's uh, illegal to evangelize people. And there are pastors right now in Nepal that are locked up because they have went out to spread the gospel. And so we, just for safety, we can't, we can't tell you who that is. But that's an incredible ministry or a mission that we've been able to be partnered with for, uh, for a long time now. We've got East-West Missions. East-West Missions is, is Brandon and Tammy Philbeck. And they actually specialize in unreached people groups and training leaders in unreached people groups and going and sharing the gospel, but also training leaders in these areas. Caribbean Missions. 
We're partnered with uh, a ministry or called Jim Rice Missions and or Jim Rice Ministries, and it's through Daniel Rice. Um, Daniel Rice is, is a member here at our church, and uh, he's actually taking teams uh, into the Caribbean to do mission work. In fact, we have a team leaving in July that's going to be going and doing mission work there in the Caribbean. We have Central American Missions. This is mainly based in Guatemala. We're going to talk about that a little more in just a second, but we have the privilege to be partnered with a young lady that literally grew up right here in our church, went through kids ministry here and student ministry here, and now is living there, the Lopez's, Estuardo and Callie Lopez, and they have an incredible ministry to children there in Central America. We, we've had the privilege to kind of get behind uh, uh, Tessa Walsh in Sweden, European missions. There we've been able to pray for her and the missions council's given money to her to help send her on to Sweden. And she's there now. I just got a report from her the other day. She's finally made it and she's back on mission there in Sweden. We're very thankful for that. We have two IMB missionaries. Uh, we have Charlie that's in Central Asia right now. And we have uh, Annie Luckadoo who's in Colombia, South America right now, helping refugees that are coming across the Venezuelan border. Incredible work that God is doing. And this is not done haphazardly. We're not just partnering with whoever comes in, into our world. We're really praying this through. We're asking God, Lord, who do you want us to partner with? Because you can't partner with everybody. But God has sent these partners into our world. And there's a strategy for all of this. You know, we have a financial strategy here at the church that 1% of every dollar that we take in goes into a special fund called the Sending Fund. And we have a missions council here at our church that, that meets and they get to help missionaries do short-term and even long-term ministry. We get to help send people out and give them money to help send them out on mission. The Missions Council, 1% goes to them. We have uh, a project fund, a missions project fund that the Missions Council oversees. And 10% of every project money that comes in, so we're working on this Connect Hall, paying that off right now. 10% of every dollar that comes in for that goes into this project fund. And I'll say this because I've been on mission many times. There's never been a mission project that we've done where the team members have had to pay for the project. We have always been able to cover our projects overseas through this fund and through your giving. But it's not just a financial strategy. It's a discipling strategy as well. That from clubhouse ministry... From Clubhouse Ministry, the strategy happens early. We want kids to be thinking about God's global plan. And Corby does a great job with that. In fact, every VBS, it's always an international project or an international mission that's on the horizon for them. Because we want those kids to be realizing that the world is bigger than just Shelby, right? It doesn't just go to clubhouse ministry, student ministry the same way. That once a, a student enters sixth grade, we want to give them opportunities to go ahead and start doing missions. So we have, uh, typically, we have something like a mission serve. This summer, we've got something that we're going to be announcing in just a few weeks called Serve Shelby, where uh, our entire church gets to be a part of that. But our student ministry especially gets to have some hands-on mission work that they get to do to prepare them. 
right? To, to be thinking outside of their own lives. And then when they get a little older, we send them to Guatemala. We give them opportunities to go to Guatemala, a fairly safe country where they can see firsthand what an interna- international context and culture looks like. And Christian is faithful, our student pastor is faithful to preach messages talking about missions, talking about what's happening outside of our state and outside of our culture. And we get to adulthood and we believe that when a, when, a, when a child does that, goes from clubhouse to adulthood, that the doors of ministry and mission are going to be wide open to them. And that even you have, as an adult, maybe you didn't grow up in this church. Maybe you've never been discipled in the, the area of missions. That even if you wanted to go on a mission trip with us, we offer extensive training so that you know what's coming when you go on mission with us. We are seeing God do great things through this. I mean, even right now, God is doing incredible things. We had Luke Beam that was working with Ukrainian refugees uh, there in Europe. He, he just got back from that mission. We have Stan Logan, who's going to be heading that way soon, doing a very similar type of mission. Uh, we've got a greater European missions. Ashley Falls, one of our, our young adults in, here in the church who's grown up here, she's going to be going into Europe, probably Germany, doing missions here during the summer. And just recently, just last Sunday, we had a privilege to take 23 to Guatemala for that student mission trip that we were talking about. And I just want us to take a moment today to just hear from uh, Brandon and Madison. Come on up, guys. They're going to come and share what that experience was like um, there in Guatemala. And so this is for both of you. It's your first mission, right? The first time, uh, first time, Brandon, you've been on an airplane. Is that correct? Madison, is that true for you too? So yeah, that was pretty, pretty interesting. Um, but Madison, why don't you start us? Tell us a little bit about what you saw God doing there in Guatemala. Okay, so um, we saw God a lot in different people's lives as well as ourselves because it makes you realize how um, other people are so grateful and they don't have as much as us, yet we're still ungrateful. And um, it made me realize how I can work on a lot of myself and it made me realize how thankful they are and how sweet they are. Amen. Brandon, tell us a little bit about what it's like. So it's your first mission trip. You talked a little bit about the airplane not being what you thought it would be. Um, but talk a little bit about that and maybe even, uh, well, yeah, just go talk about that. All right, so the airplane's nothing like I thought it would be. I've only seen what's in the movies. Um, first class is not separated from everything else the way I thought it would be. And... Um, when we landed, I thought we would land and we'd get out of the plane, just walk out, you know, and everyone would cheer like they do on the Rocky movies, but that did not take place. Um, so when we were there, I was going down to build a playground. That did not take place, and I was kind of lost, and I didn't know exactly what I'd be doing. So I noticed that most women there had small children, young infants, and they held them all day long, and they didn't have strollers or anything else. So I took it as an opportunity where I could take the babies and hold them, give the mom a break, give them a chance to get dental work done, see the doctor. Um, 
And through that, I noticed many things. I noticed that um, the the children didn't have diapers. Um, if they did, they were drooping to their knees. Um, the first day, I w well, this was near the end. I went and I bought diapers, and the closest diaper was 15 miles away. Um, so we gave out diapers, held a lot of babies, gave out diapers. Um, we went door to door, did some um, door to door missions, and noticed that no one had clean water. They didn't have running water in their homes. They had dirt floors, concrete walls, maybe one receptacle in the entire house, and it was a fan plugged into that one receptacle. Um, so we went and bought some water filters to where they could come in, just dump the dirty water in the filter. It would filter through, and they'd have clean water. And for the cost of like 30 bucks, they had clean water for two years. Near the end of the mission, we went and met with, I'm going to ruin his name, Estrardo and Callie. And um, I was talking to him, and he told me something. You know, everything I did with the diapers and the water filters, I used it as a way to present the gospel. But he told me something, because I felt bad for him, and I, I shouldn't feel bad for him. They're extremely happy. Everyone there is happy. You don't see anyone upset. But he told me that I could give them anything that I wanted to, all the money in the world. But if I'm not presenting the gospel and giving them Jesus, then I'm not giving them anything. Yeah, and I know it's, it's hard to kind of talk about yourself, uh, especially you, Madison. I know that's, that's difficult, especially in front of people. But I was just so impressed to watch both of these, uh, this little family here, just present the gospel. Even Madison, I know you don't want to brag on yourself, but I got to watch her uh, firsthand just share the gospel with children, uh, some actually young adult ladies that were older than you, and, uh, and, and just her being obedient in that, and Brandon being obedient in that. Brandon, real quick, uh, you guys did this as a family. What's it like? What's it like to be a father taking your child on mission for the first time? Uh, yeah, words cannot express the um, joy that I had when she was sharing the gospel in a dump in Guatemala, but um, and she did it much better than I can do it. Um, most definitely, if you have the opportunity to go on missions, I would go. And not only across seas or anywhere else, live each day as a mission because we've got non-believers here in our county. Amen. All right. Can we give the Lord a hand? Thank you. Uh, one of our leaders did some of the numbers, and we found, this is pretty awesome, that short-term mission trips, we've been able to take several of those, and out of all of those, for the last 20 years, we've been able to send over 600 participants overseas to do missions. Can we give the Lord a hand for that? And God is not done yet. Amen. Thank you, Jonathan. Thank you, Brandon and Madison. Let, let me just say this. Uh, that's not the only missions that we do. There's another list that's here. Uh, they'll go ahead and put that up. Uh, since 2002, this, this, when I saw this number, it kind of blew me away. Our church has given four and a half million dollars to missions. Yeah, isn't that amazing? Four and a half million dollars. We're, we're on target this year 
to, to do about $295,000 to $300,000 towards missions. So this is a, a great opportunity that we've had. COVID did kind of stop things up for a couple, or well, about a couple years actually, but we're starting to see things get released again, and uh, we're sending people out again, and, and to God be the glory for that. Now, as a result of all this, all the ministry, all the missions, let me throw some other numbers up at you. Uh, there, there's just some amazing things uh, that we see here. Uh, go ahead to the next screen there. And, and here's some results that we've seen since 2002. Uh, we've seen 611 baptisms as a church. Now, that is pretty phenomenal when you think about uh, uh, just the church just trying to do ministry, trying to be faithful to missions, and God's really done a, a, a great work there. Baptism since October, we've had 42. It's the most we've ever had up to this point. That's a blessing. And the total of joining our church is right at 130 since, since October. I mean, God is really, I want you to think about it. He's bringing the body together. And, and for those of you, many of you in this room, you're new to our church. It's, it goes back to what Paul was saying. Where, where, where there was something that needed to be filled in, he filled in. And that's what God is calling us to do as a church family. If you look at attenders on average, uh, you see uh, back in uh, actually 2022, we're averaging about 798 weekly. Uh, if you go just before COVID, before everything went down, we were right at 628. So we've seen a big increase there. Our warehouse ministry has blossomed. I mean, it's really out there. This year, we're averaging 102 teenagers down there on Wednesday evenings. That's, that's such a blessing. Uh, and then, of course, we, have a, we had about 56 before COVID broke out. Uh, and then, if you look at the next screen here, uh, adult connect groups, we, we currently have 29 adult connect groups. Y'all, this is the key. As we get larger, the key is to work people into discipleship groups, to bring them into a way in which they can feel connected to the body and are doing life together with others. This is something that's really simply amazing. You look at called to serve in full-time ministry uh, since uh, 20, uh, 2020, uh, 2002, we've had 21. That, that is a, a phenomenal thing. Church plants, nationally, we've helped plant two churches, two sponsorships. Internationally, we can't even put a number on that because there's so many things that are happening, especially in Nepal. I mean, it is amazing. Even under the fact that evangelism is illegal, the message of Jesus is being spread there like you just wouldn't believe. It's phenomenal to see that, and we get to be a part of that. Uh, also, we have some other ministries that are going. Mother's Morning Out, this is something we have uh, 87 children currently in, that 60, represent 67 families. We already have 90 kids for next year already signed up. Normally at this point, we have half that w would be a part. So it's a phenomenal. Homeschool co-op, we have 30 families involved in that. I mean, there's just so many different things. Celebrate Recovery, which is a brand new ministry since January. Uh, counting the children who come with the adults, 38 people are involved with Celebrate Recovery. And so we are just seeing some amazing things. Uh, then I want to talk about facilities. We've got missions, we've got uh, uh, ministry, but what are, what are we doing with the facilities? Well, in our recent past, we, we built this beautiful new children's playground, the picnic area. New Connect Hall, we added 10 classrooms, senior adult suite. You see the other things are there. Uh, and then uh, you see this is important because what we see here, we see an increase. If it's, it's like as we've built, God has just brought the people. 
And so you have to build, <laughs> evidently, to get the people. And God has done some amazing things, but we've recently done this. Uh, go ahead and show those pictures real quick. That, that's some of it. It's right here, right outside this door here. That's what's happened there. And then the next shot there, uh, of course, that's the location on our campus where that took place. But here's some things that really happened. The original amount for the, the whole thing was at $1.5 million dollars. Uh, can I just say, we only have 78000 left to go, and it will be paid off completely in July. It takes about three years to take care of that. I mean, it's, it's amazing. We need to celebrate that because God has definitely used that facility. In the near future, these are some things you've heard. The atrium, we're going to close in the area between the two buildings here to create a welcome center and a gathering area. Uh, so we're closing that in. And then, of course, we've got to move the playground outside, uh, inside the fence there. The new preschool playground will go inside the fenced-in area. You can see a rendering someone has drawn. Uh, probably will not have a curved roof. We understand since we've had this uh, printed that it costs a lot of money to build a curved roof. So anyway, that mug's going to be straight, okay? <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, so anyway, we're going to save a lot of money with no curved uh, atrium there, but that's what it'll look like on the drawings. Next shot there, uh, that's where it'll be located between these two buildings here. Now, let me just say this. This is important to understand because all of a sudden, what we're about to do in here, we're going to talk about that for just a moment. We're going to add to the Connect Hall. So what's going to happen is these rooms, we're already filling up at 930. We're moving our new Connect groups to 11 o'clock to use all the space as wisely as we know how. We actually have three hours of Connect uh, meetings over here on Sunday mornings. The goal to meet what we can expand to in here. The goal would be to go behind the building here to connect to the Connect Hall to connect it and, and get eight more rooms. That's why we need eight more adult uh, Connect rooms to be able to pull off what we can grow into this room. Like, does that make sense? And I'll show you the numbers here in just a moment. But guess what? We also need it to add some to the children's facility. We need a bigger preschool area. You people got to quit having all these babies. No, I'm just, no, no, I'm kidding. But it's so wonderful to see all these preschoolers and what Kristen Walker's doing to try to stay on top of that. That's one of the most challenging ministries there. And then the children's building there. And then the warehouse will need some additions, just a little thing like we did on this building right out there. That'll have to be in the near future to accommodate the numbers we're talking about. But presently, the worship center expansion, what we're looking to do right now, let me remind you, we're looking to add uh, 250 seats. Right now in this room, there's 500 seats. The back wall will disappear. We'll add about 250 seats there. We're going to redecorate the room, kind of change it up a little bit, uh, update the stage area. Video equipment is way outdated. We'll, we'll, we'll fix that. Uh, the live stream room will move. And by the way, we, we, we started running numbers. We, we have a consistent number of 150 people that, are, that uh, uh, attend our live stream. That, that's pretty cool when you think about it. We're reaching another 150 people, homes, I mean. And then update the restrooms. Yay, okay. And then uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll move our kitchen to a temporary area. It'll eventually be in the future atrium and of course we're adding parking 70 more parking spaces and our church voted to do this uh, just several weeks ago now here's what these numbers look like this is what it could look like currently worship with adults we're almost we're at, right at 80 percent 798 is currently where we are our future capacity uh if you if you go two times 750 it comes to 1500 right that's not a misprint 
This is us being 80% full. They tell us, all the experts tell us, and we've seen it happen. Once you get a room 80% full, you've stopped your ability to reach people because people won't pack themselves in this unless it's some Carolina Duke game or something, okay? <laughs> but the point is, you've got that. So we're expanding our reach to, to conservatively around 1,200 people. Our clubhouse, if we go to that number based on percentages, our clubhouse will go from 145 kids to 300 kids. That's pretty phenomenal, wouldn't it? Our warehouse will go from 110 to 200. Our connect groups, we believe, we're way down on that, but I hate to say this, you connect leaders need to help us out. You need to fill the paperwork out. Because we we, sometimes we don't have the right number. We believe it's probably closer to 50%, but that's currently what the numbers are reading. But our goal in the future is to have 67% of the people who attend the worship to be in a part in the connect group. So that means we need enough room for 800 adults in connect groups. And so to do that, we're going to have to go behind the building, build those rooms, and that will accommodate what we need. Okay, so by adding to the warehouse, adding to the children's building, not major things, but just saying that will accommodate, we will exhaust the property basically at that point. Okay, so the loan amount for where we're headed is $1.35 million. That's what we just voted on. The interest, if we pay it off in 36 months, which seems to be the magic number around here, we normally pay things off between 30 and 36 months. The interest rate we got, we, we got in just in time before everything started going high. So we locked in at 3.75. We project the interest will be 75000 Mission project, those individuals, we're guesstimating... The individuals give about $360,000 of this money. So if you add in all that and break it down, that means about $32,500 will go to mission projects. And I'm just as proud of that number as I am anything, that we will actually be reaching out with other projects. Total number, $1.457 million to complete this room. Okay, now, where am I at here? I'm kind of going through this. All right, so the pay it off in 36 months we're going to start the campaign basically July 2022. That's when the interest starts coming up to June 2025. Our church budget, based on projections and the, and the, the growth projections of what's been given over the last several years, 1.1 million, almost 100,000 will come from the church budget. So we can absorb a lot of that. We, we put a lot to it. And then we need individuals to make up the $360,000. That will catch our total. Okay, now what does that mean? $10,000 a month we need from individuals. How many of you have seen, have been here long enough to know that you've seen this before? I love to do this. Yeah, look on the back of your seats there, and you, uh, the seat in front of you, and you'll see a card that we get ready to move towards. Now, what this means to get the $10,000 per month, we need 40 family units or individuals to give 25. That would be $1,000 a month. So 40. Uh, individuals or families for $25 a month. We need 60 families to do 50. We need 40 families to do 100, 10 families to do 200, okay? If you do that, that would be 150 giving units, and that would take care of the 10,000 per month to knock this out in 36 months, okay? Now, here's what's amazing. Since, now go back, I'm sorry. Go back. Okay, since January of this year, we've had 412 giving units, so you see what I'm saying here? 
We're not even, we just need 150 give families or individuals to, 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 get, uh, to jump in here. Now you say, well, what happens if all 412 jump in here, say, at $50 a month? All of them. Here's what it means. The loan's taken care of in 24 months. That is a big deal. So there's our challenge, okay? But if, let's just say we have 150, okay? So that is our goal. Now, look at the commitment card, and it's the same thing as here. This is the commitment card. Now, let me tell you something about this church. We don't do pledge cards where you sign your name and your life off, and you turn it in, and we sit here and say, huh, and then we call you. This is not a harassment pledge here, okay? This is something we want to be between you and the Lord. Okay, so we're not asking you to turn something in that, oh my goodness, it's on the record. That's not it. This is between you and the Lord, okay? This is not a high-pressure thing at all. But if you will, I'd like you, for you families and individuals to consider praying about what amount possibly that you could give. If you, if you sign up for the $25 a month, uh, for 36 months, you're making really a total commitment of $900. That's what that looks like. And you can see how the numbers go down. Maybe the number that God's laid on your heart is not mentioned there. Maybe you want to put a different amount. That's fine, too. Or maybe you just want to do a one-time gift amount. A lot of people do that. And they say, here's what I want to give, and I'll give that. So the giving is from July 20, 2022 to June 2025. Some of you may say, well, can I just not start now? Absolutely. Bless your heart. <laughs> because the more we get before July, the less interest is touched by it. Do you understand? So we got a couple months where we can get a great start on this thing. Okay, so there is that. We need, if you could, so we can celebrate this, we need everything, all the cards come back by May 22nd. You can put them in, take them to the iDesk or the giving boxes, either one, you can put those there. Okay, but we would love to have that back just to kind of know what we possibly could expect. Okay, all right. Any any questions? Never mind. I'm not taking questions. But anyway, uh, <laughs> but you see the pledge cards there. And again, y'all just pray about it. Again, this is not a high pressure sales job. It has nothing to do with that. We want you to pray and ask God to give what you think you need to give. Now, let me tell. You, this is where I need your help. Okay, here to meet. Our budget giving projections, you, let me tell you this, we're asking this to be above what you currently give. Because if you take it out of what you currently give, guess what happens to the budget? The budget decreases and it doesn't allow the budget to do what we're planning for it to do. So if you're not in a position to give above what you're already giving, then, then you, you, you don't worry about it. You, I know I, my family's been there too. It's been tough, okay? I, we've had some tough times too. But let me say this. If you're capable of giving what you're currently giving, that's what that card right there in front of you represents, okay? So please, again, just pray about what God would have you to give. Turn that card in by May 22nd. Uh, again, do not put your name on it. We're not going to call you. This is between you and the Lord and what he would have you give possibly to help us knock this out as soon as possible. Wouldn't it be cool to knock it out in 24 months? Wouldn't that be cool? And then we could deliver the, the coffee makers who stand in the cold and the heat. They would be, <laughs> anyway, there's a little pressure there. No, but still, we, we kind of want to move on to other things about what God has for us. Let me just say this. Some of you say, and I'll close with this. Some of you say, well, what happens when we exhaust the property? 
Well, let me just say this. The sad thing that's going on in our county right now is there's a lot of churches closing their doors. And there's going to be a lot of church property available across the county. And that may be a thing that we look at going forward is possibly going and help replanting some of the churches that may be closing their doors. There is that possibility that stands out there. So I want to challenge you with that. Well, look at the application. Well, we, well, we as a church respond to the vision God has placed before us. Listen, we believe the, the vision is locked in. We believe God is using it. Now we're trying to expand the vision is really all we're doing into involving more people who are reached by the gospel of Jesus Christ, more people who are discipled. That's the goal. So I want to say this. I've had six churches in the last 12 months contact me, at least the pastor or some form of leadership in the church, asking, asking the question, how did Pleasant City Church become what it is today? And I'm just going, I'm just going to tell you, we, let, let me tell you this, we are a source of encouragement to a lot of churches in this area right now. We really are, because we've been one of those churches that's been able to kind of keep up with how to reach the generations do you realize that most of the churches in Cleveland County, and, and please understand, I'm not, I'm not, most of the congregants are uh, 55 and older. I'm just going to tell you, a lot of churches are having a hard time reaching the generations. We have found a way that God has blessed us in such a way where we can reach the generations. And y'all, that's the key. That's the key. So here's the next. Will we continue to do what it takes to ensure that we as a church will impact the generations to come. We still got more to do. We still got more expanding to do. And y'all, here's one thing I've learned as I've gotten older. I'm 57 years old right now. This vision started when I was in my early 30s, and with you, you were a lot younger, and you looked good back then. I won't know, but I'm just saying. But, <laughs> but let me just say this. We, this thing is bigger than any of us sitting in this room. We did the funeral for the last charter member on Friday. Last charter member passed away this past week. And, and I'm here to tell you, this, is, this should outlive us, and we should want it to, what God is doing in and through this church. My dream would be that God would work in such a way that it outlives all of us. And this church just continues to be a source that God could use to reach the generations to come. That's my prayer, and I hope it's your prayer. And you being a part of this pledge to give can get us closer and closer to what we believe God's calling us to do in the facilities anyway. Y'all, thank you for listening to us this morning. I know we threw a lot at you, but we like to, number one, celebrate what God's done. But we also want to challenge ourselves to do even more of what God, we believe God desires us to do. So continue to pray about that, if you will. Would you pray with me? i tell you what, would you just stand to your feet? And let's pray. Father, we just come to you. Lord, we look at uh, the fact that we're able to stand here this morning and celebrate. Lord, I thank you that back in 1999, you laid a vision on the hearts of the people in this church. And Lord, I'm just blown away of what you've been able to do over these years, Lord. I thank you for the fact that you placed it in our hearts. And we're seeing it come together. And Father, we thank you for that. But Father, most of all, I just pray, Lord, that we would never get over just the fact that you desire to use us in the way that you've been using us and you desire to do even more in the future. Lord, help us not to become complacent. 
Help us not to, to sit around and think, well, let someone else do it. Father, help us to, to fill in the gaps as individuals, to see where the need is in the body and meet those needs. But most of all, Father, that you wouldn't take your hand off this church. You would continue to put your hand and keep your hand on this church in such a way that we can glorify your son, but also make him known to the world. And Father, I pray even right now, I pray against any pride that could come uh, in us looking at our church and saying, look at what we did. Lord, I pray against that right now, Lord. I know it's a fine line between celebrating what you've done and, and, and then pride welling up in us, Father. Lord, help, help that to be removed from us, Father. Help us to just look at it and be in all that we are counted worthy to be used in the way you've used us. But, Father, we desire to see so much more in what you desire for us and what you desire to do through us and in us. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Can we give the Lord a hand this morning for what we've heard? Amen. Thank you for being here this morning. You're dismissed. Thank you.